Welcome to the Diamond Chronicles, tales of trade, trust, and betrayal in the world's second oldest industry. My name is Colin David Ferguson. I am the global diamond broker. I'm here with my lovely assistant, Judy Lee. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, Colin. Thank you for the warm welcome. Well, it's so great to have you here, Judy. You can't even imagine. <laughs> we're uh, we're coming to you from high atop the Marriott Hotel in downtown Vancouver for the podcast, and we're going to be coming to you weekly moving forward. And some of the topics we're going to be talking about are going to not only be taking you backstage in the diamond industry and helping you understand things like why a diamond costs so much by the time it hits a jewelry store shelf and why that when you put a diamond in a a $500 or $600 solitaire setting, and by the way, that's all they cost and gold weight is half of that, why they can say anything they want to about the price and the quality and how once a diamond's in a ring, you can't grade any aspect of it, how cost works. We're going to talk a lot about the industry itself and what's going on right now, certainly with uh, with lab-created diamonds versus diamonds that came out of a mine. And, you know, if the industry can't tell the difference, and given the industry's history of being less than forthright, um, how do you tell the difference? You know, the fact that the grading system since 1939, given technological changes, has not changed a bit. The four C's fall far short of what you really need to know. I know, Judy, you're excited about the movie that's coming out in a few days here. Yeah, the documentary is called Nothing Lasts Forever. Um, Jason Cohn is the award-winning producer and filmmaker of the movie. Right. And the, the movie itself is about the fact that even 15 years ago, lab-created diamonds were making its way into the supply chain, and the industry didn't even care, didn't say a thing about it. And, you know, I always think when, whenever we talk about the industry news, and I'm a real student of the industry, I get up every single morning and get my Google alerts. And before Google alerts, I'd be on websites of companies. And before there were websites, I used to get faxes of what's going on in the industry. And I'd be phoning my friends in Antwerp, Belgium, and where I had an office for 15 years and finding out exactly what's going Going on in the industry and uh, I've been at this for next year will be four decades and I'm probably the one person in the industry and if there's someone else out there who's had my unique opportunity to really traverse every aspect of the industry all the way from the mines and working with companies like Rio Tinto and and you know the second biggest mining company in the world and having the opportunity to be an authorized partner for the Argyle Pink Diamond Mine to you know opening the biggest chain of retail stores other than Burks here in in this country and it's, it's been a, an incredible journey, and, and there's lots of stories to tell. And we're going to take you backstage and tell them. And some of the stories are, are fun and exciting and interesting. And some of the stories, if you ever bought a diamond or you're buying jewelry or you want to understand how the industry works, 
that's what we're going to talk about. And then there are the less than pleasant stories where, you know, guns are pointed to the back of my head and people are spending weekends in, in uh, the ceiling of our offices in the World Trade Center waiting to jump down. And, you know, I always tell people how lucky I am. And I, I've been lucky, been blessed really to be part of this amazing industry and, and to be coming to the point where we can, we are now where the industry has changed so much and still it tries to hide everything in this veil of secrecy from the public. So we're going to have a, a very close look. And so when we talk about backstage, that's what we're talking about. My lovely assistant, Judy, here, I know has some questions she wants to ask today. And with, with Judy, understand, I don't know what the questions she's going to ask are, so it could be very awkward for both of us. But Judy is enrolled at the Gemological Institute of America. And soon, I guess, Judy, you're going to be getting your diamonds grading certificate. Mm -hmm. And that's a, a interesting part of the industry. And so why don't you go ahead and ask some questions and, um, and I'll try to answer. Thank you, Colin. Yeah, so I guess you can call me your diamond apprentice. Um, I'm learning so much through the GIA, but learning from you is really great because it's backstage. It's so fascinating. And you've been in the industry for longer than I've been alive. So what does the future look like for the diamond industry? Where do you see it taking us? That's a really good question. I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a really good question. I mean, Judy comes into the industry at a time where I, you know, after 40 years of the industry and being in the industry and knowing all the nuances of the industry, I mean, the industry has never been where it is today or anything like it. I mean, the fact that what it took Mother Nature billions of years to make and to get to the surface of the earth that they can make in laboratories now and no one can tell the difference. I mean, guys, understand this their diamonds period mm -hmm. as recently as we sent this out in our newsletter last week i mean lvmh the biggest luxury brand in the world uh, along with pandora the biggest jeweler in the world mm -hmm. are starting to use lab created diamonds in their jewelry and not starting to they're doing it mm -hmm. you know forbes published the article saying they're they're luxury, it, they're luxury right i mean there's no turning back anymore so Kudos to all my clients who listen to my crazy rantings about this. When when you, people used to say the rocks were in my head. People said the rocks were in my head when I talked about colored diamonds low these three decades ago, I guess now. And boy, had you gotten one in your portfolio then, you would be a happy camper. Mm -hmm. um, and and lab-grown today, look, I read an article this morning talking about the fact that Melee, the smaller diamonds aren't available, and uh, even out of the labs, the labs can't keep up with the business. Mm -hmm. You know, the the story's so compelling. You have to read between the lines a little bit, but you know, we had a jeweler who ordered melee from us. 
right? Lewis and ordered melee from us. And he was really kind of PO'd that we couldn't get these diamonds for him. And we couldn't. It's a very specific quality because all we deal in is the most beautiful. We'll talk about that, how the only return on a diamond is beauty. It's not about buying these things, but it's, it's about owning forever. You know, if you get a piece of jewelry and you can take it anywhere in the world into the best jewelry store in the world, who I believe is Harry Winston, and I'm going to talk about why he's the greatest jeweler of all time, and even today why their brand has the best jewelry in the world and diamonds in the world. Um, but, you know, we, he made this order for several carats of melee from us, and we couldn't deliver it. We couldn't figure out why we couldn't get the stones, and there's a shortage of them. And the answer came out this morning. So... So these are the sorts of things that we'll talk about backstage and we'll explain to you what melee is and we'll, we'll show you some of the quote-unquote tricks of the trade and, and how to overcome those. We'll show you how to secure your diamond. Like, how do you know your diamond's real? I'm not going to say real anymore. How do you know your diamond's out of a laboratory versus out of the ground? What the differences are? There are none anymore mm -hmm. and um, also to make sure you know the diamond in your ring is the diamond you ordered how do you do that how do you leave your diamonds with a jeweler to do repairs or polishings or anything else and know that the diamond you're, you you left is the diamond you're getting back well yeah because counterfeit certificates are a thing counterfeit certificates and now they're even lasering the diamond with the certificate number because you can do it for five bucks Imagine, that's what we're dealing with. And so we're going to take you backstage. The industry doesn't want you to know these sorts of things. I am going to get lots of mean letters. I will share them with you. I've had them before. That's okay, Colin. That's why you got thick skin. <laughs> well, some days it's thicker than others. I just started my own Instagram post at Colin David Ferguson, if you want to. It has nothing to do with diamonds, but it's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Back to diamonds. Um, what is something that people seem to really misunderstand about the diamond industry? You know, one of the biggest ones is, is that um, a jeweler can tell you anything they want to about the quality of the diamond. You know, people go out there and go to buy diamonds and diamond jewelry, often based on design, not taking into consideration the the quality of the diamonds or the price of the diamonds in relation to it all that this is not a work of art you're buying it's jewelry and just because they put diamonds in a setting does not mean it should be have this you know what i refer to as extortionate pricing connected to it because of the fact that no one wants to to tell what really goes on look i already mentioned it there's no dollar value you know you can have a six hundred dollar setting that holds a hundred dollar diamond and holds a million dollar diamond there's no difference mm -hmm. the difference is the cost of the diamond so so understanding that is one of the things understanding that you know jewelers can tell you anything they want and when i say that think about this think about walking through a mall at christmas when jewelers do on average, 50% of their annual business, you can anything I talk about, if you Google and get different answers, please get in touch with me. But I can assure you, 
most jewelry store chains, the people stores and, and the other chains do 50% of their annual business the month before Christmas. And you'll go through the malls and everything's 70% off. Like what other industry has 70% off? What does 70% off even mean? 80% off. You see them if you walk in the malls. Anyway, we're going to talk about this. Let's talk about the things that the people want to hear. And, and what do the people want to hear, Juju? You have amazing, incredible stories that, you know, for a second when you tell me, I just, I say, is this real life? It can't Did be this true, actually right? happen? It can't yeah. be true. Like the guys waiting in the ceiling. How about celebrity stories? Tell I mean, me. this is one that might be interesting for everybody listening is the, not only have diamonds taken me all the way around the globe to the most amazing places, uh, you know, I had an office in Antwerp, Belgium, when it was center of the diamond universe for 15 years I worked out of there. It's mm -hmm. all changed now, by the way, everybody. For 450 years, Antwerp, Belgium, the, you know, a 40-minute drive to the center of the European economic community in Brussels. I had an office there overlooking the train station where I did all of our buying. Well, today, 9 out of 10 diamonds come out of India whether they're out of a laboratory or out of a, a mine. We won't even get into the Russian stuff today. How, how about celebrity talk? I mean, you know, the industry also has given me the opportunity to meet and spend time with and have dinners with and go to private functions with people like, you know, Kim Kardashian. I what was it like meeting Kim Kardashian? She's the most wonderful woman. She's so beautiful in pictures. She They don't do her justice. Wow. She is so much more beautiful in person. Um, you know, Elton John, I had dinner with Elton and his husband and uh, helped them raise money for a charity that they were supporting. And, and of course, for Elton's charity itself, Elton acquired a piece of our jewelry called, with pink diamonds in it, called the Heart of the Cross, mm -hmm. which was exciting for us. Um, Michael Bublé designed jewelry with um, so so many celebrities. I had the rare opportunity to do Start Your Engines with Wayne Gretzky when Molson Indy was here and I call that the great two doing Start Your Engines. Oh yeah, you have that photo with Wayne Gretzky. I was yeah. like, he looks familiar. Who is that? Yeah, well, you're only 24. <laughs> so, right? He, you know, you need to watch more hockey, obviously. Mm, or not. <laughs> but there's there's those things we're going to talk mm -hmm. about. And again, take you backstage and tell you what these people are really like in real person. I can tell you this. Kim Kardashian, of all the celebrities I've met, and there's been a lot all over the world. You know, we worked with the um, the Madonna of China for quite a while. And she's another incredible artist. And it's interesting, you know, when you see celebrities and people come for... For uh, autographs in North America is one thing, but when people line up to see the China Madonna, is what they referred her, she's the equivalent for China, line up to get autographs, it's really quite a quite an experience, and it's something that, that, you know, as I look back on my career, really profoundly affected me. We were in China up until COVID, doing a lot of business and having a lot of fun, frankly, it's an incredible country. Um, and there's other places like that. We're going to take you backstage and tell you how business is done in these kind of countries because it's completely different from here. Caveat emptor. The buyer has to beware. So does the seller. 
I can assure you. So I guess this is what we're going to look forward to with um, our podcast. We're going to be doing a weekly podcast. Right. right? There'll be a lot, lot more. I mean, just the stories that are coming out, and Mm -hmm. you know this, Judy, and uh, our listeners should be aware, the stories that are coming out right now in the industry are so compelling. For example, you know, a couple of days ago, a 100-carat diamond. Lab-grown, right? No. So, yeah, Judy, you're thinking of the lab-grown diamond that was actually 30 carats. The one I'm thinking of is the a diamond, a beautiful, beautiful, decolored, flawless em- emerald cut. Decolor is significance. Colorless is significant. We're going to talk a lot about that, how simple diamonds really are, that they're prisms, and this beautiful light of Africa is a perfect prism, which means it's has no color, it's transparent, mm-hmm. and it's properly proportioned. And there's nothing that's going to take away from the beauty and the light going through the stone. But it sold recently for just over 20 million US dollars. Crazy. This stuff goes on every day. It's by no means a record. Certainly you look at the colored diamonds, the pink and the blues and the greens and the appreciation that's taking place there. Now that the Argyle pink diamond mine is closed, we're gonna get into all of this. Um, and it's exciting stuff. I mean, by the way, a 100-carat diamond, which is what the light of Africa is, is equivalent to four credit cards in weight. Okay, it's 20 grams. There's five carats in a gram. By the way, all carats are is a measurement of weight. There's five carats in a gram. Or, for those of you with a sweet tooth, it's about 19 jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah, 20 million U.S. dollars it's out there and it's sold. Wow. And by the way, there's a, a, another aspect of the business. If you're ever interested in the auctions and acquiring something from some of the, we provide all that advice as well. Mm-hmm. And we'll take you backstage again and show you what really goes on at these events, how the bidding takes place, and why some of the biggest experts in the world right now including yours truly are looking at these auctions to acquire the diamonds never in history has certain categories not all but certain categories and colors of diamonds been posed to poised pardon me to appreciate more so it's an exciting time and you know there's a uh, there's two different sides to the business. Never put white diamonds in the same category as color. They are two totally different animals. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll tell you why. We'll tell you it all. It's, and there's going to be, you know, it's funny. This morning I was listening to a podcast that my son listens to, and it's a, a true crime podcast. And I was thinking we're going to have some of those as well. So so this industry is like no other industry. Some of the great robberies that have taken place in this industry, how they ever took place, the unsolved ones that have taken place where vaults are are penetrated that are supposed to be impenetrable. Uh, It's exciting stuff. It's interesting stuff. So we're going to talk about all that. Exciting stuff, Colin. Yeah, we're really looking forward to hearing more of these stories and, you know, debunking the myths about the industry and and going backstage. And, and going backstage, and that's what this podcast is really all about. Well, thanks, Judy. You've been lovely to work with for the first time. I know. And can't wait to get together with you next week. And we'll let you know in advance uh, via email if you like what we're going to be talking about next week. But I can give you a big hint. It's investing. 
it's investing how to and how not to invest in a jewel and the fact that we made the mistakes and had to figure it out no i wouldn't say the hard way that would be too big a pun on diamonds <laughs> but but we've learned a lot we're going to share it god bless you this week and uh, we'll see you back here next week